Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to How To Money, a financial education podcast for young Australians aimed at opening up the conversation around money. In each episode, your host, Kate Campbell, brings in a variety of guests to explore everything from buying shares to starting your own business, all with the aim of kickstarting your personal finance journey. Just a quick reminder that everything we cover in this podcast is for financial education purposes only, and we are not giving you any advice. If you do want advice, please seek the help of a qualified and competent professional and do some research. Remember, it's your money, so take control. Hi, Danny. Thanks so much for coming back onto the How To Money podcast today. Pleasure. Lovely to be here, Kate, and thank you again. Now, today, following on from our last episode that really dove deep into shares, I had quite a few listener questions, and I thought what we'd do as a little bonus episode is just do some quick fire questions, one or two minute answers and see how we go from there. Absolutely. I will try and keep my stockbroker side in check here and not talk for too long. (laughs) Wonderful. So these are some of the listener questions I got from Instagram. So the first one was, what was your first investment? Okay. Back in the old days when we had horse and cart, no, I'm only joking, but uh, <laughs> 1980s, um, my, a friend of the family uh, was a stockbroker and said, I should buy this company called Sarich. And you can all go away and Google it. And it had what was called the Orbital Engine Company. And they were going to change the way that engines for every moving vehicle in the world worked. And it was going to be amazing. And the share price, I bought some. and. Uh, rocketed. I think it went up 25%, which in uh, around 1985, 1986 was a huge amount. And I said, (laughs) lucky me, I've made $2,000 or a thousand, I can't remember. I'm going to take my profits. And bang, I sold. I wasn't too greedy. And the bottom line was that lo and behold, poor old Ralph Sarich and his Sarich engine, uh, the engine that was going to change the world, it overheated and it went bust. So that is your classic case of nudge, nudge, wink, wink, buy some, it's going up. And uh, if you ever get any of those, get on board, but, you know, just just be careful. Don't be too greedy. Yeah, well, we always sort of warn from the uh, the classic barbecue tip. Absolutely. The, <laughs> the barbecue tip, the cab tip, the on the school sidelines tip, uh, the next big gold miner, oil producer, gas producer, biotech, just to name a few. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question. What are the benefits of using shares versus ETFs for long-term investing? 
Okay, really quickly, shares will give you, if you pick the right shares, big if, you will make a lot more money out of the shares than you will out of the ETFs. The ETFs will give you a performance in line with the basket that they are following. Normally, people buy a basket of shares over an index, like the Australian ASX 200 or the S&P 500 in the US or the NASDAQ. Increasingly, there are more ETFs that are sector-specific or stock-specific, such as FANG in the US. There are a great way for investors that don't have the time, the money, the energy to invest. If you have a little bit more time, if you like doing a little bit of research, if you want to be at the cutting edge of change that's going on in the world, then picking up some shares is a a way of getting what we call alpha, which is more performance above what the index does. It can also be what is below the index, but it's basically, let's say the index goes up by 10% a year, but you had bought Netflix or Tesla or here in Australia, CSL last year, you would have made double that amount of money. So a good way for investors to do is maybe have a core ETF position in a couple of ETFs or three ETFs, and then you can start to add stocks as you feel like you're becoming more experienced. Absolutely. Now, the next one is a classic Australian question that I think everyone seems to ask, and it's really only something I see in Australia, but how much money would one need to invest in a diversified portfolio and live off the dividends? Yeah, well, it depends how much you need to live off. And I hate to say it that after this um, pandemic, the yield on the market has dropped significantly. And a lot of the big dividend pairs, such as the banks, are deferring dividends or will pay lower dividends. It took 10 years for the total dividend payments on the Australian share market to return to where they were after the GFC. The bottom line is if you want $40,000 a year uh, you, you earn a 4% yield, which is even quite high at the moment in the Australian market, you need a million dollars. And that's without franking credits. You, you could get some top up there with franking credits. You know, I, I personally think people should not give up their day job and, you know, start trying to trade their way or live off dividends. It's, it's different if you're in retirement phase and you've been holding these stocks for 20 or 30 years. But in a lower for longer interest rate environment, I think your expectation about dividends has to be just tempered a little bit. And that is why growth shares continue to do so well. Mm, Absolutely, because the strategy your grandparents have is going to be very different to the strategy you have for the next few decades. Oh, totally. And that is just a really, really important point, Kate. It goes back to what we said in the first podcast, looking in the rear vision mirror, what worked in the past will not necessarily deliver what my son will be wanting from shares or people in their 30s. Even in my age group, I'm in my 50s. I don't invest that way. I'm trying to buy shares that I know are going to be, you know, be able to pay a good dividend in in 10 years time for my super fund. Absolutely. Now, next question. How long should you give an underperforming investment to turn around? Ah, yes, this old chestnut. Everybody (laughs) ends up with the those losers sitting in the bottom drawer. I knew some guy, I actually met some nice gentleman who said he probably had 200 of those sitting in his bottom drawer. How terrifying is that? 
So you all need, point one, you all need to learn how to sell and selling is really hard. Okay, two things to look out for. If a company gives a profit warning, not good. Don't like that. But occasionally even the good companies get caught out. Two profit warnings, eh -eh, bad sign, usually on the downtrend to losing lots of money. Uh, So two profit downgrades, often things like when you see very aggressive short sellers getting involved. You're seeing that at the moment with WiseTech Global that I used to own, but luckily I sold it much higher. Not all short sellers are correct, but when you get aggressive short sellers in stocks, it's often time to just say, I don't need this and it's time to get out. Things like lack of transparency in a company or things like directors giving themselves special privileges, all those are things that you need to to watch out for. But really the, the worst one is is two profit downgrades. I think then you say, this is not turning around. I need to get out. Mm, absolutely. And a lot of companies have issued profit downgrades, especially during the coronavirus. Oh, absolutely. And I think people don't realise there's like 2,300 shares on the stock market. Although some of them have a rally at some point in time, most of them will not make you money. In the US market, I'll make this really quick and really simple. You could have bought Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, Netflix over the last 10 years, and that's all you had to do. Now, it's all very well, in, and I should put in, sorry, what have I missed, Google <laughs> um, or Alphabet. You know, it's unfortunate. That's really where the big money is made. But, of course, at the beginning of these trends, we don't always see it. It's really important to get rid of your, as we call them, underperforming shares. We call them dogs. Absolutely. Now, the other one was, do young people try to find niche shares and ETFs too often while trying to beat the broader market? I think younger shareholders, and again, I refer to my son, want to find these niches. I actually think you should just be really, really careful of bubbles. There's a lot of bubbles at the moment. And you know, I wouldn't be buying afterpay at these levels personally, but, you know, good on you if you got it, you know, in a thing sub 30 in this last sell-off. In the US, you've seen them in things uh, such as Beyond Meat, in Zoom, in Peloton. I'm trying to think of some examples in Australia. I don't tend to follow so many of the, the small stocks, but it's it's you've always got to make the decision if you're going to go for something that looks like a the, the new it thing, so after pay years ago, you have to work out pretty quickly which are the change makers that are going to survive, like the A2 milks and the afterpays, versus the I sign this, which unfortunately has been an unmitigated disaster for investors. So probably the best thing is it's good to look at the new growth stocks. Beware of bubbles like cannabis, meatless products, driverless cars, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, or byproducts thereof in Australia and don't put too much money into them. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. If you do want to look at those trends, you can always buy a little bit now. And if the company proves it's worth, you can buy some more later because these companies are going to go on making money for one, if not two decades. Absolutely. And the final listener question was, how can new investors keep their emotions in check 
uh, when getting started investing and avoid making behavioural mistakes? Yeah, this is a tricky one. You buy a share, you watch it go down, you panic, you sell the share only to see it go up and then you buy back in again. (laughs) Um, Hands up, done it heaps of times. (laughs) And the share market sells off and you go, oh, look, at the end of the day, the only thing that you can can control as as an investor is how many shares you own and how much you have in the market versus how much cash you have on the sidelines. You need your plan at the beginning of the day. You need to have confidence in your company that it is not going to go bust. And if you can't sleep well at night with your portfolio that you have, sell some shares, take some money out of the market. You can always come back in. But the really, really crucial point is is to recognise what you are trying to achieve, have your plan, understand what type of personality you are. Also understand when greed is functioning, that fear of missing out or that fear when you get the big sell-offs or fear of not getting out um, and try and keep them in check. Quick example, I see sometimes I buy something into a share and it just races up by 20% and I go, geez, I got lucky there. That wasn't meant to happen quite that quickly. Now, I mightn't always sell it, but I am fully aware that that's obviously some people have got hold of it, pushed it really high really quickly, and more likely than not, it's going to come down. If you get that feeling in your stomach that like, oh, this has run too quickly, maybe take some money out of it. There's my accountant and um, one of the big US gurus, Jim Cramer, says, a profit is a profit. You can always take some profits and come back in. So it always comes back to you have to know yourself, you have to know your plan of what you are trying to achieve. And also if you're a young investor, remember, you know, it's not the end of the world if you lose some money. You are hopefully going to make some money in the future so you can always add back into the portfolio, take your tax loss and use it against your profits in the future. (laughs) And I think that's one of the great things about starting younger is you can make these mistakes with much smaller amounts of money, maybe only dealing with $1,000 instead of maybe your whole retirement fund. Yeah, I can't tell you how important it is for new investors. Experience, experience, experience. Um, Again, my son is like, oh, I looked at Afterpay and I didn't do anything with this $9. (laughs) And I go, well, you and me both. And you sold something, mum, at the bottom of the market. And I go, yes, darling, I did. And I said, but the point is, it's all a learning experience. And the only way to get better of this is actually, I hate to say it, it's getting your feet wet or your hands dirty. You can all sit on the sidelines and go, oh, I, I, I would have done that. But until you actually buy the shares, don't get the emotional roller coaster ride, which I hate to say it can be really good, but it also can be really bad. But, you know, at the end of the day, Share markets over time have delivered in Australia, including dividends, 11.8% per annum since since 1900. Even if we assume you can make 7% a year on your money, on average on shares, you will double your money over 10 years. Mm, And that's really life-changing stuff if you think about it like that. It's totally... I cannot tell young people enough, save, save, save and start saving when you're younger. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Danny, so much for answering these quickfire listener questions today. And I hope that really helps people when they're getting started and especially young people when they're trying to dip their toes in the share market. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again, Kate, for the opportunity to chat. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And we'll have links to your book, Shareplicity, and your Twitter handle in the show notes as well, so people can get in touch with you and have a read of the book if they've enjoyed the episode. Absolutely. And um, you can subscribe uh, going forward to pieces that I will do on the website, but also too, I'd love to hear feedback, post on the website, or also if you've got any questions. I am only a, uh, you know, press of the button away. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Danny. No, thank you, Kate. I very much appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the How To Money podcast. If you enjoyed this, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and send any questions our way via www.howtomoney.online. You can also catch us on Twitter and Instagram at howtomoneyaus and we'd love to hear from you. You've been listening to the How To Money Podcast.